Jewish Audio on Chabad.org. Good Shabbos and happy Purim, my friends. This Shabbat, we welcome the week of the joyous holiday of Purim. Let's talk about Purim, but let's talk about Purim in a different angle. Let's talk about Purim from the perspective of the foods that we eat on Purim. I never understood hamantashen on Purim. Most people say that the reason why we eat hamantashen is because it's the same shape as Haman's hat. But come on, Haman was the person who tried to wipe us out. Why would we immortalize him by eating cookies that have his name? Don't we want to erase his name and forget about him? This is a question that I've been wondering for a long time. But I recently discovered that this is one of the biggest misconceptions and myths that people have out there about the holiday of Purim. This is truly a case of mistaken identity. These Purim treats were originally called mantashen, which in Yiddish means poppy seed pockets. Today, most hamantashen are filled with jam, but poppy seeds used to be the most popular filling. So when people called it mantashen, which means poppy seeds fillings, suddenly it jumped into hamantashen, where the connection was made to Haman's hats. But the truth is that there's a much deeper reason why we eat hamantashen. Hamantashen symbolize the very nature of the Purim miracle. You see, unlike the story of Hanukkah where the oil lasted for eight days, or the story of Passover where the sea split, earth-shattering miracles, the story of Purim seems like a stream of random coincidences that eventually saved the Jewish people from annihilation. There were no open miracles, no sea split, no plagues, just some twists and turns of history that over an extended period of time, 18 to 20 years, were actually viewed as separate events, which seemed quite natural, but only at the end of the story did it become clear that a miracle has just happened. This is the story of Purim. The story of Purim is a reminder that God is hidden within nature, that the miracle is hiding just around the corner, that the blessings are hidden beneath the surface. Jewish people always find a way to say a story with food. And that's why we eat the hamantashen. Because the outside of the hamantash is plain dough. But the true flavor, the juicy stuff, the delicious jam or the poppy seeds or the jelly is concealed inside. Because beneath a very ordinary piece of dough, there's the sweet heart of the hamantash. And this is the story of our own lives. Think how many times in your life situations went in an unexpected direction. Things, things seem to go off course, but only years later, or sometimes months later, do you see that everything ended up exactly where you need it to be. At times, I feel like there's no system in place, but there is. It's just hidden, just like the filling of a hamantash. Beneath the facade of life, there's a sweet hand and a warm heart of our loving God directing every move. And this is what Purim is all about. Purim is that one day when it's revealed, when a crack is opened in the outer shell of nature and we get to glimpse and see what lies beyond. Purim reminds us that those coincidences are not just coincidences. Nothing is random. When you're in the middle of the story, it's hard to see where you're going. But keep on chomping, keep on biting, and very soon you'll get to the jam. This is the message of Purim. And this is a message of this week's story, which takes us back to a long time ago. This week's story actually reminds us that things don't always seem the way they may seem to be. 
things are really much deeper. There's much more to the story than you may see. This story takes us back to the 1800s, to an incredible giant of a man, a Hasidic Rebbe who was known as a popular miracle worker who lived in the city of Shpola in Ukraine. His name was Yehuda Leib of Shpola, but was also known as the Shpola Zeda. The Shpola Zeda was a man who has many legends and stories told about him. But I want to invite you to join me for this very special story where we are reminded that what you see is not always what it appears to be. Once a Jew named Mendel came to the Shpola Zeda asking for help. The Rebbe could see this man was terribly upset. Rebbe, I don't know what to do, the man said. A year ago, I left my home in Romania to come to Russia together with my wife and family. We were hoping to get a new start in life, but we had no luck. In addition to all the expenses of moving, which I don't know how I'm going to pay, but unfortunately, I now received official papers demanding that I appear in court on charges of stealing money from the government. Believe me, Rebbe, Mendel cried out. I never touched a penny that wasn't mine in my whole life. I don't know what to do about it, Rebbe. What am I supposed to do on these trumped up charges about the fact that I stole from the government? I can't go to court. I can't afford a lawyer. What should I do? Don't be worried, said Rebbe Arya Leib, trying to calm him down. Tell me, my friend, where is the trial to take place? Mendel replied, the trial is taking place here in Russia. They wanted to take me back to Romania, but the Russian government protected me. Very good, said the Shpala Zeda. Is there a date for the trial? Yes, it's scheduled for... The Rebbe interrupted him and said, have it changed. I want you to do everything in your power to make sure that the trial takes place on Purim Day. Come up with some kind of excuse. Convince the representative in the government who is working with you that you must do the trial on the date of Purim. Tell me, Mendel, do you have a lawyer? But Mendel looked at the Shpalazade and said, Rebbe, I don't have a lawyer. I can't afford a lawyer. I can't afford anything. The Rebbe paused for a moment and said, Mendel, I'll make you a deal. I know a certain girl who's about to get married, but this poor girl is an orphan. She has no father, no mother, no family to help her. I am going to do whatever I can to help her. She still needs 300 rubles for the wedding. If you get me the money to, for her to get married, I will get you a good lawyer. Mendel was overjoyed. 300 rubles was a lot of money which he didn't have. But if the Rebbe is promising him a good lawyer, maybe this will be the hope, this will be the salvation for him. So that Mendel left the Rebbe's room and he started hustling and bustling, doing whatever he can to borrow money from here, borrow money from there. Five hours later, he comes back to the Rebbe's sacred space and he immediately hands the Rebbe 300 rubles. He is filled with good hope. He is so confident, he turns to go, knowing that the Rebbe will now send him the right lawyer. At that point, Mendel looks at the Rebbe and said, hold on a second, Rebbe, when I show up at the court, how will I know who my lawyer is? The Rebbe looked at him and said, listen closely, don't worry. When you show up on court on Purim morning, you will meet your lawyer waiting for you right there in the entrance room. You will be able to recognize him by his white hat and red gloves. Look out for that sign. Is that clear? Rebbe Mendel said, thank you, Rebbe. I understand the message. I will make sure to look out for the lawyer with white hat and red gloves. Thank you, Rebbe, for taking care of this lawyer who will hopefully be the salvation for me to make it home safe and sound. Mendel returned home and he immediately began carrying out the Rebbe's instructions. He began to go to the offices of the court, filing papers, speaking to officials, 
doing whatever he can to try to change the date. At first, he was met with no success. But he wasn't going to give up. Refusing to take no for an answer, he kept on trying. A little coins here, a little bribery there, until at last he succeeded. And sure enough, the trial was set for Purim Day. Finally, as the days got closer, Mendel is praying, his giving extra charity, the day has arrived. Let's now go back to the town of Shpala. And the Shpala Zedeshul, everyone was in excited Purim mood, following his yearly custom. Abarya Leib prepared to make his Purim play. Every year, he would gather his prized disciples around him, and he would give them instructions. And different people from the town would be the actors, and they would make a play. No one knew what the play was all about. They would just listen to what the Rebbe would tell him. At that point, the Rebbe gathered the townspeople around him, and he said, You, young man, come up. You are being instructed to play the part of a Jew named Mendel. And then he turned to another person and said, your job is to play as Mendel's old friend who turned against him, who was going to be the chief witness of the prosecution. And you, the rabbi of the town, Rabbi Arya Leib said, you will be the judge. And the prosecutor, who was going to prove Mendel's guilt, was told to cover his face with black paint. And then the Shpalazeda himself, the great Sadik, the mystic, the holy man, dressed up as Mendel's lawyer. He put on a white scarf around this fur hat to look like a white hat, and he put on sharp red gloves. At that point, the trial began. First, the chief justice read the charges. Then the prosecutor with the black face tried to tell the court what a terrible person Mendel was and a hardened criminal and thief. But of course, as the prosecutor was speaking, all the townsfolk watching the play kept interrupting him and booing him and laughing at everything he said. Next, Mendel's former friend took the stand. He told the court that the reason why Mendel moved to Russia was because he was escaping Romania. He was stealing money from the government. And then the witnesses came up and they started talking about how Mendel is a thief and Mendel is a liar. And finally, the Shpala dressed up as Mendel's lawyer with the white hat and the red gloves, made his speech. In a brilliant way, he showed how the whole case was based on a lie made up by the wicked friend. He proved that there was never a theft. And even if there has one, Mendel will never be the one to do that because he is such an honest person. Everyone was spellbound by the incredible speech he delivered and hung on to his every word. At that point, Finally came the moment of the verdict. The judge, who was actually the rabbi of the town, loudly and proudly declared Mendel innocent. Mendel's friend will be sent off to jail for trumped up charges. The prosecutor was grabbed and pushed out of the court. And then the Shpala and all his followers sat down for the festive Purim meal. As they're sitting there rejoicing, saying, L'chaim, all of a sudden a messenger arrives. A messenger arrives from Mendel saying, the trial has gone splendidly. He was free and he is rushing over to come to Shpala to thank the Rebbe. A few days later, Mendel showed up. Everybody gathered around him in synagogue and he told everyone about the trial and the wonderful lawyer. People opened their eyes in disbelief. As Mendel was recounting everything he experienced miles away, it was actually exactly what happened in their synagogue in the Shpala Zedis Purim play. They couldn't believe what they were hearing. Mendel was ushered into the tzaddik's room and he said, thank you, Rebbe. You sent me an amazing lawyer. Everyone said they never heard anyone like him before. And most important of all, here I am free. 
the lawyer you sent saved my life. And the Rebbe looked at Mendel and said, I'm so glad to hear it. Do you be any chance, Mendel, know who that lawyer was? No, Rebbe, said Mendel. Tell me who was that lawyer. The Rebbe said, I will tell you. He was a holy angel from heaven, created by the charity you gave to help that orphan girl get married. And if you are lucky, you may see him again after 120 years when you pass on and you'll be summoned to the heavenly court. This lawyer, this angel will once again come to testify on your behalf and talk about the wonderful mitzvah, which you did. My friends, things are not always the way they may seem to be. It seems like a lawyer with a red hat, red gloves and white hat, but really it's an angel there to protect you. Open up your eyes, keep munching on that hamantash, and you'll find that jam deep inside. You will discover the hidden hand of God and the hidden angels that are there around you at every moment, at every twist and turn of your life.